Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. I'm your host, Asa Smith, and we have a banger of an episode for you today. We have the one, the only tactical manager on to discuss the Nations League, the U.S. men's national team, and his ambitions for Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, As always, uh, our show is sponsored by the Anchor app, as well as the Smith Workforce Management Group. For all of your employment law and HR business needs, check out the Smith Workforce Management Group at smithworkforce.com. Once again, that is smithworkforce.com. So let's get started with Filippo. All right, Filippo, do I have you? I am right here with my coffee ready to go. All right. Uh, I think I think you're on the East Coast, so I think uh, you're afternoon over there. But we're we're recording uh, live from sunny Los Angeles at 9:30 in the morning here, 9:45. I don't know what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so once again, I, I already uh, told the listeners, but I'm here with uh, Filippo Silva, who is the the king of U.S. Men's National Team Twitter, YouTube, uh, the, the social media in general, and also in your spare time, I, I think you also. Um, have like a day job with an MLS club, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm no king. I just, I ju- I'm just very passionate about our team and soccer in general. Uh, it's a problem I have actually. It's soccer addiction, right? It's, I don't know if that's a problem. But yeah, I also work coaching at Orlando City soccer schools here. The very first actually soccer school from Orlando City at their youth network. So, so I feel like the, the, the first thing we have to talk about is Daryl DK and why he's not worth $85 million. <laughs> what, are you, what are you guys doing <laughs> well let's start with 85 million well if we adjust for inflation maybe 85 million makes sense but yeah um i don't i don't agree with the price tag established by orlando city to be honest um and we got to take a look into other players right we look at when so it's very hard to determine a, a, a value of a player right how do you determine a value of a player 
So a lot of times we go based off other players. And uh, would it be fair to, to sell Daryl DK higher than maybe Brendan Harrison? Would that make sense? I think that makes sense to absolutely nobody. Exactly. That's that's the point. And Brendan was what, $6 million? Uh, I think, yeah, he, he went for six. But, like, it's a weird thing because Brian Reynolds went for six and a half after incentives. Mm-hmm. So, like, then you're like, well, does it make sense to, to sell Brian Reynolds no. for more than Brendan Aronson? And the answer to that is is also no. Yeah, it, it sometimes it has to do also what the scouting sees, right? So the scouting might just see more potential on that player, that specific scout. So they're willing to pay more because market value of a player is just something very tricky. Like, there's yeah. no actual number. It's not a product. It's a player. It's more of opinion based. But um, but Filippo, uh, FIFA told me that that all of players who are in eighty five are worth the same amount. They're on what? <laughs> on on on, uh, on the FIFA video games. They tell they tell me that if you're a certain number, then that's how much you're worth. Okay, so it's like, yeah, I guess maybe maybe we can we can put their DK a little up then. I guess I don't even know what his rating is on FIFA. To be fair, I I oh, think he's like a. a I don't. Ah, uh, come on, we can bump him up a little higher than that. Come on, their DK has has his flaws, but I like their DK. I like him. I so like the him. the funny thing about that is actually he's the strongest player. No, he's the second strongest player in the game. Um. Behind uh, the the striker for Wycombe, Wycombe, uh, Aquem- oh, I know, I forgot his yeah. name, but yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, so, so yeah, yes. So DK, Duke, DK, second strongest uh, soccer player in the world, according to our friends at EA Sports. But more than Adama Traore. Yep. Impressive. Yep. Yeah. So, so I guess the uh, so so we're here because. Um, uh, we have some we have some soccer actually going on. So Nations League happened last night. Uh, men's national team got through. Mexico got through in the funniest fashion possible, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but so, w- what were your thoughts on yesterday? Just sort of sort of generally. Yeah, there, there's a couple serious takes. There's some funny takes. One thing I noticed is Josh Sargent, he can't score, so he's also not willing to let anyone else score. We've noticed that in the game. <laughs> but but l- let's put it into perspective, all of it. I, I, I mean, I'll take a win, right? At the end of the day, a win is a win. We went through. We're in the final. Was it pretty? No. Did we play well? Absolutely not. Greg Bearhalter continues to worry me. He seems more of a PE teacher rather than a coach for the U.S. Men's National Team <laughs> at this point. Uh, but then again, later on, we watched Mexico with a very good coach, Tata Martino, struggle with Costa Rica mm-hmm. without their best player, Kaylor Navas. They went to penalty shootouts. So I guess it's just we, we need to remember all these teams are professional at the end of the day, and it's all very tough. But we shouldn't be struggling with Honduras, to be fair. Yeah. So actually my, my thought watching that game and I watched it twice um, was that if Josh Sargent and I look, I'm, I'm not one of those guys on Twitter who's like goals equal good striker. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I, I'm not one of those people, but, and he does provide a lot of good other than scoring goals. But like, you have to believe that if you have a striker, who's, who's maybe a little more clinical or a little more you know confident with his finishing. I mean, I see that game as a, a two or three nil game, you know, at the end of the first half. Now you can do that both ways, right? Like if, if Zach Steffen doesn't take one off of the face and Josh mm-hmm. Sargent doesn't clear it off the line, then it's the same thing the other way. But I think a lot of like the, the concern um, was, I, I think people were freaking out last night in, in a fashion that, that I haven't seen from 
U.S. men's national team Twitter in, I don't want to say four years, but four years. Well, I think it's because we're traumatized. Yeah. We, we didn't make it to the World Cup, and now we lost to Honduras two months ago in the Olympic qualifying. So while the game was going, and I was, I was very comfortable, I was starting to get nervous as well. You're just getting – we're traumatized. We're like, oh, crap, we're about to lose again. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that like it's 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 I, I use an analogy and, and obviously this podcast has a has an American football aspect to it. But mm-hmm. there's college football um, specifically for the team that I support, which is Michigan State, who like just for years would lose games at the end at the end. You know, you would lose games for no reason. And I feel like the American fan base is at that point where it's just like waiting for something terrible to happen. Um. So I, th- I think that there was a lot of that going on last night, but I guess the, the, the question, the last thing I want to say about Honduras, because it was, it was an interesting game, but you know, ultimately you get the win, you move on because that's how CONCACAF works. Um, when, when Josh Sargent was pulled down in the box and it was not only a no call, but a foul on him, what, what went through your mind? If, if you remember the one I'm talking about, I think it was in like the 20th minute. Uh, the one that Josh Sargent tried to turn and finish and he went over to the bar. Yeah, that one. Yeah, so he was being grabbed. I would not call a penalty kick on that, but I do think he lacked the the goal scoring instincts on that play to hit the ball down. You know, sometimes you, a lot of the strikers, they the good, the elite strikers, you go back to the Ronaldo phenomenons. Those guys, they like to strike low, right? It's very hard for goalkeepers to defend low shots, and that's what they do in regards to accuracy. Uh, but what's your question in regards to that? Is what were my thoughts on how he finished? Was that what yeah, you asked? Just- yeah, just generally like his finishing because that's like that's such a talking point. And then you know, obviously, uh, PFOC Railroad mm-hmm. comes in and and scores a goal in his ten minute cameo. Uh-huh. So obviously, like there's a lot of consternation about. Yeah, I, I think, um, and it, I don't want to sound like I'm just bashing Bearhalter, but I think at the end of the day, it all comes down to Greg Bearhalter because you don't you can have strikers that are not elite scorers and make them highly efficient. Now, Greg Berhalter builds a system where it's meant to create opportunities for Josh Sargent, and Josh Sargent's not a finisher. So the problem with that is go to Chelsea, for example. Timo Werner can't finish for his life. He might even be worse than Josh Sargent at finishing. <laughs> but they know how to use him, right? He's very useful to that team. Right. They know how to use him. And then you can go back a few years as well with Liverpool. Firmino couldn't score as well, but he played a key role as a false nine for that team, for the Liverpool squad. Pinching back, overflowing the midfield, and then the wingers would come in uh, Salah and Mane, and they scored most of the goals for Liverpool. So essentially, I think it, it all comes down to Bearhalter. He has the players, and they they all have different qualities, but he doesn't seem to really know how to use the best out of all of them. Let's go back to the March camp. Um, I don't know if you want me to do that. Want me to go back real quick to the March camp? Let's do it. So right, so March camp, we played Jamaica on a four-three-three formation, and Pulisic has a bad game, right? Yeah. Um. And the, the way he plays the the four three three pressing and all that, and Christian Pulisic's not really the pressing type. Okay, that's a bad game. It's okay. Pulisic can have bad games. Everyone has bad games. We go to Northern Ireland. He tra- he changed the formation to a four a three four two one, somewhat similar to Chelsea, right? Yep. Um, Christian Pulisic doesn't need to press. Christian Pulisic has a lot of freedom to roam around up top. He plays very well. Right now we fast forward to yesterday. Because Christian Pulisic was not with us against Switzerland, we play a four-three-three again. We didn't really press yesterday by any means. It was kind of weird what was going on because Honduras didn't really didn't really play defensive against us. Um, and Christian Pulisic had an awful game again. 
Yeah, I, I think that like at a certain point, you, you got to as a coach, it's your job to put your players in a position to succeed. And this is this is actually was my point about Jackson Ewell. You know, it's yep. not that Jackson Ewell is not a good player. I mean, he's he's good. It's just he's not good at being Tyler Adams. And you're asking him to be Tyler Adams, you know, it, it, more so in the Swiss game than 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 last night, I think. You know, hey, like Jackson, you you need to cover for for Dest pressing up. Well, he can't. You know, like you're asking him to do something he can't do. Well, along with that, um, Jackson Yule is not when he plays under pressure, he surrenders. When someone presses him, he doesn't know how to get rid of a tight situation. Yeah. How to? How, he he can't do it, and it's not his fault. It's the player he is, right? And Bearholter should know that by now. He right. should know that by now. So if you're going to play against a physical team, and we know Honduras was going to come like that, you don't put Jackson Yule in the midfield. He's going to get no. by. Now, let's say Mexico. Do I want Jackson Yule to start? I don't want to. But Mexico might actually give Jackson Yule time and space, maybe, in the, the, the deep-lying playmaker role. So maybe he'll be okay. But, yeah, it, it's, it, it all comes down to Bearhalter knowing how to use it. And, look, another problem we know. We know Dest and Robinson are not very good on defense. Right. We know that. That's not really like an analyst opinion. Everyone sees that. Anyone that knows a little bit of soccer sees that. And Bearhalter still does absolutely nothing about it. He just hopes that the other team won't get it done and, and that our goalkeeper will save us. Uh, well, I, I think, you know, at a, at a certain point, like you, you got to assume that if you're going to play attacking fullbacks and you're going to play a six who can't defend, like you're going to get burned. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked that we didn't yeah. lose to Switzerland by more. Um, you know, obviously, when you who was our John man Brooke, at the match? Yeah, it was Horvath. Exactly. That's why we didn't lose four. I mean, and like it's it, that's like one of those things where it's like, um, if your goalie is your best player, something terrible has happened. Like, Absolutely. like if he's your highest rated player, somebody has screwed up massively. Um, and you like you look back to 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 Tim Howard versus Belgium, where he became like a true American hero. Well, it's because we were outclassed. Like you don't you mm -hmm. shouldn't have to make eleven saves. Yeah, but but then. There's a difference, right? When we're playing Belgium, that's a Belgium squad that's they have world class players, right? Exactly. Right? You got Eden Hazard in that team. Um, Lukaku, I believe Lukaku was in that game, if I'm not mistaken, right now. Uh, yeah, I think a young, yeah. young Lukaku, young Lukaku, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, like these are all elite players. And this Belgium team, you go to 2018, they knocked out Brazil, right? So it's okay to that, but. When that's happening, Switzerland is also not too bad, so it's a kind of acceptable, even though Switzerland is a Tier 2 team in Europe. They right. make it to the World Cup, but they're not elite. But then you can't have that against Honduras. Yeah. Honduras has to be that game where the United States controls the tempo. They try to counter. We counter-press and we stop the counters. We don't let it happen. And we get the win with a 2-0 lead, a comfortable win. Obviously, it won't be easy because Honduras is by no means a bad team. But what we saw yesterday was, again, and, and one thing I wanted to point out, something that many people don't talk about in soccer, can we all agree that by the 70th minute, we were not happy with the performance, right? Yeah, 70th minute. of course. Well, the whole game. So we're at the 70th minute. You have some pretty good options off the bench, such as Brendan Harrison, Tim Weah, um, Siabachu, Yunus Musa, uh, and more, more players. I'm not going to list them all right now. Right. You have options off the bench. And Bearhalter doesn't make a sub until the 78th minute. Right. We need to ask ourselves, why is that? The reason for that usually is the coach is clueless of what to do. He doesn't know what to do. So 
it's better to not make a move rather than make a bad move. He just doesn't know what to do. That's why the subs were so late. And we've noticed this with Bearhalter. He never knows how to change a game, a dynamic yeah. of a game. He doesn't know. I, I and and you actually I actually think that that it was most notable against Switzerland because in the first 45 against Switzerland, the press really worked. Mm-hmm. You know, it really, really bugged them. And then coming out of halftime, it was like, oh, they figured out, okay, if we if we drop a you know a, a center back a little bit deeper, there's a little more space. And then it was just death. You know, the first 15 minutes of the second half, you know, until until Brooks went out um, and everything sort of slowed down a little bit. But um, I think Burhalter, you know, I'm I'm not gonna gonna critique his his pregame stuff or his recruiting, but I think in game at this point we know who he is. And he's not someone you want as your in-game coach. No, um, definitely not. So, so let's let's talk uh, let's talk Mexico El Tri a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I need to come out and say that uh, it is the official position of this podcast that Matt Miazga must start. <laughs> he must. Like I, I don't care what formation you put out there. You can you can do like a, an old school like the first formation in the history of soccer two three five. And I want Matt Miazga as one of those center backs. <laughs> yeah, um, I would love to see a Miazga Lioness reunion. Plus, I think um, I need a double check, but that's the last time we beat L3. I believe so. It was I the last so. time we beat them was on the whole Miazga incident. Um, yeah, uh, uh, the thing is, John Brooks is our starter. Um, yeah. And Mark McKenzie has been pretty good. Absolutely. So I don't think it'll happen, but yeah, I, I I would I would love to see Miazga playing. And Diego Linus started for Mexico yesterday, so maybe he will start in the final. I would love to see that reunion. It would be pretty exciting to see. But who knows? Maybe, maybe just maybe we'll have Miazga come in throughout the game, like yesterday towards the end, and maybe we can get a small reunion there. I'm pretty sure Miazga would come in ready to troll. It's 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 what we love him for. But I think I think he actually like that's sort of what you were talking about, you know how do we put our best players in a, in a position to succeed? You know, does putting Miazga as part of a, a three, four, two, one instead of Yule put everybody around them, you know, in a better position. Cause then you get Dest and Robinson able to press higher. You're not putting Brooks in one-on-ones as often. And you, you let Christian and, and Reina, you know, do whatever they want, which Reina was doing yesterday. Anyways, I, I, mm-hmm. I think that that's what, that was one of my funniest, arguments pre pre Switzerland was like, oh well how can you play Reyna on the wing? And it's like he's not. He's 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 not playing on the wing. He's he's playing wherever he wants. And and so yeah. like and that's a problem. Want, and yeah. that's a problem because we also have we all so he he leaves the wing to go middle and he shows that he's much better in that. But when he leaves the right wing to do so, all that's left is the left wing. Yeah, so it becomes a lot easier to defend against the U.S. men's national team. Now, if you just put Gio Reyna central and replace Leggett per se, let's just say that way, you can put a guy like Tim Weah making those hard runs from the back behind the line, and and Gio Reyna now has two options to create, maybe even three if Sargent makes the right call. You got Pulisic, Weah, uh, uh, and Sargent. While every time Reyna goes middle, who does he have? He only has Pulisic and and Josh. So. Yeah, it's 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 again, it's it's weird because when we talk about this, it makes it seem like, oh my goodness, these guys are just saying they know more than Bearhalter. But look, besides Bearhalter being a professional player in an environment that, by the way, in America, it wasn't anything too crazy back in the day to be a professional player. Right. Um, why why is it too crazy to say um, 
we could know more than him in certain aspects, right? Well, I think I think it, a, a lot of it, a lot of the, the the criticism of U.S. soccer, you know, any any defense of it, like, well, oh, okay, anybody on Twitter can say anything. Well, everybody on Twitter when the when the the Olympic qualifying roster came out said, "Hey, we don't have any attacking midfielders. We have nobody creative in the middle." And ultimately, what defeated that team? A lack of creative midfield. So, just because you know you're not getting paid doesn't mean we can't all see the same thing. You know, we all see that Sergio Dest struggles to defend. That's not a criticism of him. It's just reality. You know, so for for Bearhalter to to put out a system that that asks players to do things that they are not great at, it, like it's not like back backseat driving it, telling it like it is, right? Yeah, and, and and the thing is, players. I was talking about this at the stream for the game. The the coach. So, and I, I like because I don't know if you you didn't say it in the stream. I'm Brazilian American, so mm-hmm. I've always followed Brazil as well, um, very closely Brazil. And I like to use Brazil as an example quite often because it's a very successful program, right. and um, it's a it's actually a feared program. No country wants to play Brazil besides Germany, I guess. But everyone else, <laughs> no one, <laughs> no one we else. We don't wants have to, to talk play. about that. That's fine. Yeah, let's skip on that. The Germany part, let's skip. But besides Germany, every country avoids Brazil to the fullest. And Brazil usually tries, and it's not like we have the best coaching, but I'm going to give an example. In 2014, even though we got completely demolished by Germany, the team was pretty good. We won Confederations mm-hmm. Cup, and we made it to a semifinal of the World Cup, so we can't be that bad. And what happened with that was we had two fullbacks, Marcelo and Dani Alves, two world-class fullbacks that had to play. Right, they had Madrid, Madrid and, and Barcelona, caliber and quality. Yes, and one of the best players in their teams. Right Now, Marcelo was, they both attack a lot, and Marcelo was bad on defense. Dani Alves was very good on defense when he was there, but when he would go up top, sometimes it's hard to transition back very quickly. So what did Brazil do? We need to play these guys. We can't bench them. They're top quality. Brazil played with essentially... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply two eights or two sixes you could even call they would move up top but it was synchronized so Dani Alves would go up top Fernandinho and Luis Gustavo were the two midfielders one would drop to cover for Dani Alves the other one would become a six yep that's tactics that's a coach trying to figure out how to best use his players um and and the thing is well there you have it Berhalter doesn't try anything like that he puts and and if you notice too, during the game, Bearhalter, the subs he makes, he never makes a tactical change. So he takes out Jackson Yule, that's playing as a six, puts Kelna Costa as a six. Right. He takes out um Gio Reyna, and then he puts a guy like Brendan Harrison, which is as similar as it gets. He could have put a Tim Weyer that's different. No, he puts someone as similar as it gets. Right. It was uh, just he, like for like the whole way down. It's like changing six for half a dozen. <laughs> right? That's what he does, Bearhalter. Yeah. Um and 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 you don't. And it just seems like we're constantly bashing on Bearhalter, but I just I just think the poll is too talented. 
I think we do have issues with depth here and there, which no coach will fix. But the starting 11 is so talented, and Bear Halter doesn't. And look, even if you put Tyler Adams there, do you think he's going to fix all? He's going to cover everyone? No, he can't. Yeah, he can't physically can't. So I, I don't know. Um, I even with Bear Halter, I still think we're going to make it to the World Cup. We could win Sunday. It's a possibility. Uh, Mexico's not doing very good without Raul mm-hmm. Jimenez. Um, and I think we could win and we could make it to the World Cup, but I don't see us making a decent run in the World Cup with Bearhalter, depending, not even getting out of the group stage. And I'm very worried about us having Bearhalter maybe until 2026, because right. 2026, we do want to make a deep run. I don't think this generation can win a World Cup. No, um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, and you can look into other nations here. Mm-hmm. The the depth and the level's not there. Uh, just imagine this team right now. Uh, Pulisic gets injured. <laughs> like well, what? I I think I think like the the if the if the standard is win a World Cup, I mean, I I don't want any version of this American team going up against France. And I'm not even talking about this France senior team. I'm talking about like France U23s. Yeah. Like, I, I I think the French U23s you know 11 11 are, are better than than america senior team look it's what my dad was watching the game yesterday as well and, and he came out of the game the first thing he said is brazil currently has one of the worst teams in brazil history which is still a very good team mm-hmm. but it's far less than what we've had in the past and he came out saying if brazil plays the united states it's going to be like three zero brazil two three zero brazil's going to control the game and and i think he's right and this yeah. is not a – it's in, in Brazil. Could Brazil win 2022 World Cup? There's always a chance, right, because Brazil is always competitive. But Brazil's not the favorites. Right. And I think, yeah, talking about the United States winning a World Cup right now, it is nonsense right now. Yeah. I think if we get to 2026 and we make a strong run to the semifinals, it's a big accomplishment. Um, and I think that is actually even reasonable. Sure. Um, because we do have talented if the players are in form – and coaching gets the tactics right. And World Cup is crazy. It's one knockout round playoffs. So it, it could work. But but right now we, we can't. And, and then again, you can't be a team that wants to compete with France, Brazil, um, Belgium right now, even England. And you barely beat Honduras at the 89th minute. Because if you don't, I don't know if you know, but the last Olympics, for example, Honduras got knocked out by Brazil. And right. I, I don't remember exactly the score, but it was 4 or 5-0 Brazil. Right. It wasn't close. It wasn't even close. They didn't have any chance. And this wasn't even Brazil's best team. I know Neymar was there, but like Gabi Go was playing. There were some players. Luan, a terrible defender. It wasn't Brazil's yeah. best. It was 4-5-0. There was no issues. So we need to manage our expectations. The generation's talented, but there's too many issues. And, and um, MLS players are an issue because they're so accommodated. They just... It just doesn't there's seem no, to there's no pressure in MLS. You know, I, I think that that's like the, the most jarring thing when you go from watching MLS to to international or even even the, you know, the top leagues. Jackson Ewell in San Jose, he has forever. Yeah, he has just forever on the ball. And then, like, you, you know, like you were saying earlier, like he freaks out whenever anybody gets close to him because it's I mean, it's just not part of his DNA. So, you know, I, th- I think that. um I, I mean, I'm with you with, with Burhalter. What do you think? Of, I mean, if, let's, you know, everybody's sort of home run best case scenario is Jesse Marsh. You know, you think if Jesse Marsh is, is handling this team in 22 or even 26, 
you know, what does it look like? Does it change anything for you or no? Well, we need to see how he does now, right? Um, right. He he did he did good at the New York Red Bulls, but again, again, it's MLS. Sure. Then he goes to RB Salzburg, where he wins everything, but every coach prior to him also won everything. Right. Uh, in Champions League, he he struggled against Bayern, but who doesn't at the end of the day? Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think Atletico Madrid too. He didn't pull off the results. Um, the the thing with Jesse Marsh is let's see how he does in Leipzig. Plus, he's not realistic right now. He's not going to leave the Leipzig job anytime soon. And I don't know right now who we have. A coach that has shown good work, but people don't talk about him as much, is Pellegrino Materazzo from Stuttgart. Yeah. So he was able to get Stuttgart from Bundesliga 2 back to Bundesliga. In the first season back, he gets a 10th place with a limited squad. It's not really the strongest squad in a tough league, tactically very structured. We don't talk about him because he didn't win trophies. But then again, how is he going to win trophies with that team? I mean, right? so let's see. yeah. I mean, strictly speaking, Carlo Ancelotti just finished 10th in the Premier League and got the Madrid job. So Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, a coach, and this is not me trying to be biased, but I, I really like Oscar Pareja. Mm-hmm. I think he changed Orlando. Orlando was a laughing stock in MLS. Yeah. It was. Ever since we joined MLS in 2016 or 15, I can't remember. I think it was 2016 that we joined, or we joined it 2015. Yeah. Um, whenever Kaká got here, and and yeah. we had we had terrible coaches. We had Adrian Heath. We had Jason Christ per se. Uh, I, I I I can't I can't talk about Jason Christ anymore on this podcast. It it, it always goes poorly. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm just mentioning that he was one of the coaches for Orlando that yeah. I had to deal with. But we got Oscar Pareja, and Orlando City has a decent team, but he 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 mm-hmm. makes it very well structured. The team plays well. Um, he did a good job in FC Dallas as well. Um, he's is he is he the solution? I don't I don't know, but I I, I just think he's a better option than Bearhalter. I agree. I agree. I, I think that that you I, I think that there was a lot of a lot of thought and I'm not going to get into the the theories about who Berhalter's brother happens to be here, but I think that there was a lot of looking at, at Columbus and saying, Oh, well they were good. So we should just take their coach and put them in the national team. But like, that's not how it works because you have mm-hmm. to, you have to compare tactics to talent, to players, right? Like if you're, if you're the best coach in the world and you have the worst players, you're not going to win a title. But if you're mm-hmm. the best coach in the world, you should be seen as, as an elite coach. And so I think I think Perea, you know, is is someone who who actually could do it, you know, as opposed to Berhalter coming out of Columbus. And you're saying, well, you know, what are what are we doing here? Aside from, you know, possibility of more Giassi's artists. Yeah, um, that's the thing. Um, There's there's different options. We don't know uh, who would be the best coach for the U.S. men's national team. I would truly, the reason I think we would benefit from having Jesse Marshall Materazzo is, Pellegrino Materazzo, is the, the lack of connection of them two with MLS. Mm-hmm. So they could call still MLS players. I'm not against calling MLS players as long as the player, you know, um, fits the, the standard of the U.S. men's national team. Now, I do see, I don't think there's a, like people keep saying those conspiracy theories, there's a contract between USSF and MLS that you got. No, there's absolutely no contract. I can assure you guys, there is no, but (laughs) there is a, there, there most certainly is. And this, they can't deny it. There most certainly is a political pressure to have certain MLS players in. 
right? That that's yeah. something that that most certainly has. And everything in life, there's political pressure, and everything in life, you know, um, any business. So I think that's perfectly normal. It's not healthy, but it's normal to have, it, and I believe it does have it. Just the whole contract conspiracy theory that I right. I'm just like, no, dude, it's, that it's, doesn't exist. It's it's a misunderstanding of how like back backroom dealing works like nobody signed anything that said you must have at least yeah. four like like that doesn't make sense could you imagine um could you imagine let's say bear halter doesn't call any mls players and then we see uh mls is suing the u.s soccer federation <laughs> at the supreme court because they had a contract agreement that they had to put three years like what we're like what the hell is going on here no and it, it, it's like um whenever somebody like puts forth a conspiracy theory and they're like oh well look at all of this evidence and it's like like weird crumbs or, or breadcrumbs or clues in the world and you're like i don't think you understand how evil people work they don't want you to find out what they're doing it's not <laughs> they gonna yeah they yeah don't put it in writing <laughs> it's kind of like that whole thing of like um if that's how the world operates the drug lords would give you out receipts <laughs> right right <laughs> it's like you know like the if if, if you like nobody I, I don't know if you watch the the show the wire but there's this like really funny moment where one of the, the drug lords has a meeting with other drug lords and one of his like assistants is taking notes. And he looks at him and he's like, are you taking notes on a motherfucking criminal conspiracy? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's that's not happening because if they it, what people need to understand is if there was a contract, there would be no way to enforce it. Right. right. So there's no contract there. But look, the part of having pressure, that's. That's not a conspiracy theory. There most certainly is pressure, and we do see it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, wasn't it Kleesman that was outspoken about it at one point a little bit? I can't remember right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, had, a, he had a big deal about how, because he was, he was all about bringing in as many uh, people from abroad, specifically Germany, as he could. Um, but, but it, you know, the, the reality is, is that there are only so many Americans at elite clubs in Europe. You know, mm-hmm. nobody's nobody, nobody at U.S. soccer is like, no, 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 we should we should take, um, you know, just to use an example, Chris Mueller over Christian Pulisic because he plays in, in MLS. Like nobody's saying that. The mm-hmm. question is, is, like, would you rather, I don't know, Timmy Chandler or uh, I don't know, uh, Jordan Morris? You know, and then it's like, OK, uh, you know, if it's if it's one or the other, uh, probably take the MLS guy so that nobody at U.S. soccer, you know, is annoying to you as opposed to what people seem to believe, which is like, no, no, we need to have Sebastian Legette over, over Eunice Musa because MLS, you know, it's, it's Berhalter isn't playing Legette over Musa because of a conspiracy. He's playing Legette over Musa because he's, I mean, in my estimation, incorrect about what this team needs. Well, it's also the thing that we talk about is it's a mix of him being a MLS coach. So he's an MLS coach. So you tend to long, they hire him for a reason as well. Mm-hmm. So we all have our biases. So for example, let's do this. Me and you, we become coaches. I'm the coach or my assistant. We go and manage Chelsea. Right. We're probably going to start Pulisic regardless. I, I think we are probably going to start Pulisic. Yeah, that's the thing. And, and many British uh, viewers are going to say, hey, Pulisic is crap, but we're going to continue to start him because of yes. our little bit of our bias. Um, so I think that happens. And what happens with Bearhalter is when he's in doubt between players, mistakenly in doubt, he will go towards an MLS player. Even though it has gotten better, we, we still see it quite a bit. Like yesterday, 
Um, when Jackson wasn't playing well, the best option maybe would have been to try Yunus Moose as a six, but we saw him put Kellen Acosta. Right, and that's and and there's something about that. It's not it's not just um, it's not just from a from an MLS perspective. It's it's just coaching. And anybody who's who's ever been a coach, like when you look down the bench, you you go to the guy who you trust. So Tim Ream is not at this point an MLS guy, but Burhalter trusts him, so he's on the, the squad over maybe mm-hmm. you know maybe a defender who who we all would would want more. I, although I don't I don't really know who that would be at this point. But I can give a lot of names. <laughs> yes, I mean we can go down the list, but um, you know, like even here's a good example. I would have preferred Miles Robinson over Tim Ream. That's one. Um, yeah. And he's an MLS an, player. Right. Exactly. That's an MLS guy over a European guy. But it's, but Tim Ream, you know, he's been there with Burhalter. Burhalter trusts him. So there you go. Do I think that Tim Ream is one of the four best available center backs in America? No. Do I think he's one of the eight best? I, I don't think so. Um, but, but Burhalter trusts him. And that's how, and that's how coaching works, right? Like there's just a whole lot of, of trust and comfort and, not doing things that you should be doing that, that a lot of coaches fall into. Uh, yeah, it's, even- it's like people forget that they're all humans at the end of the day. And, and even let's say anyone that starts their own company, you might even know someone more qualified, but you might want to ro- hire your friend because you just trust them. Um, yeah. LeBron James's agent is his childhood best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his agent is not a lawyer from a from a from a respected law firm it's his childhood best friend because he, he trusts him, him. he right. trusts him now it turns out that rich paul is a pretty successful guy but like still um but but thomas tuchel at at, at chelsea he 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 said it. he said i don't start christian because i'm i know what he can do from the 20th minute onward now wh- whether he's just trying to like cover for himself or whatever it doesn't really matter he's explaining that he believes that christian is best off the bench because the last time he had him at Dortmund, when when Christian was 17 years old, that's how he used it. So it, it doesn't have to be a conspiracy. It, it's just humans and how human psychology works. Yeah. What bothers me about all of this um, in regards to Bearhalter is we won yesterday. And then some of the fans will say, at least like they'll say me and Pete, oh, you guys are just being negative. We got the win. Let's celebrate. And look, we were celebrating. Yeah. But but you got to point out the problems when they're there and not just when you lose. Right. Because during the Olympic qualifying, we were winning and me and P were complaining about the team and everyone was saying, you're so negative. And finally, the problems caught up to us, unfortunately, and we didn't make it. Right. So the problems are there. And I was telling everyone yesterday, we won 1-0, but that does not change any of the problems we saw in the game. The problems are right. still there. Right. And it's it's like, look, like Mexico won last night, um, but... If, if you asked any El Tree fan, like, hey, are you happy with your win? They would say, of course not. Like, am I happy we won? Yeah, but, like, we can't win like that because we're not going to win like that. If we, if we play like that, you know, if, if, if America plays its best game and Mexico plays like it did against Costa Rica, America wins. Like, simple as that. So I think, I think if, if we're going to grow as a, as a soccer community and a soccer fandom, we have to be better than just, you know, well, we won, so no problem. Well, and, and um, at the end of the day, uh, apparently, I didn't see Bearhalter's press conference, but I saw based off a lot of tweets, everyone talking about it. And apparently, Bearhalter wasn't very critical of the team. He thinks he thinks we did fine, while Tata Martino was not happy with Mexico's performance. So that's that's alarming. That's alarming yeah. because they both didn't play well, 
but one coach thinks everything's okay while the other coach that also went through he's not happy and he's going to try to improve the team in one way shape or form right and and it's and it's and it's going to come to a head you know on sunday so going into sunday um what do you, i mean what are your what are your thoughts you know i i know that we we talked a little bit about you know mm-hmm. if if it's burhalter and martino like we we both sort of think probably of the same fashion who the better coach is but you know the the players play and it's 90 minutes so what do you what what's your prediction so a couple of things and i said this also at the stream so the the mentality of our team is not there it's not very good we look like a team that if a team scores ahead of us we crumble that's yep. what it's looking like if mexico scores first they're going to win 3-0 2-3-0 maybe 4 it's not going to uh, be good so so 2019 gold cup Yes, if they was it 2019 that was 3-0? Yes. Yeah, yes, 3-0. Yeah. No, no, no. 2019 Gold Cup was 1-0. Wasn't it Jonathan Santos? No, it was the, the no, that was the that was the the fall friendly. The Gold Cup was 3-0. Okay. So, um so what's going to happen is I think it's going to be they're going to completely crap on us. Now, our team when we have a lot of confidence like we were with Switzerland in the the first half We play very well. We exchange passes well. We control the tempo of the game. I think it's going to come down to that. I think it's going to come down to whoever scores first. And I know that sounds like lazy analysis, right? It just sounds like, oh, you're just saying whoever scores first will win. <laughs> well, there's a lot of teams capable of coming back. Right. There's a lot of teams capable. I just don't think the U.S. is capable of coming back. And I think the U.S., due to talent, when you give them enough confidence and a goal would give them enough confidence, being ahead of Mexico – I think we will thrive and there will be a lot of space for Christian Pulisic to create. So it's going to come down to that, the game essentially. And, and look, and when I say, just so people don't say it's a lazy analysis, I'm saying whoever scores first and the goal can be five minutes into the game. So let's say Mexico scores five minutes into the game. Do we have enough time to come back? Absolutely. We have time to come back. I just don't think we will. Right. If we, so that's what it's going to come down to. Um, As an American, I'm going to give a bias prediction. I think we're going to score first. I think we're going to beat Mexico 2-0. Right. They've been struggling to score. Um, Henry Martin is not the answer up top. Alan Pulido, MLS player, nothing special. Brooks and McKenzie should be able to take care of him. Um, they're going to rely a lot on Diego Linus that can't score for his life, apparently. And Chucky Lozano <laughs> is a player that we really need to watch out for. Because yeah. that is one dangerous player right there. And if they give him space, he will find a way. And he scores. That guy has no problem scoring. Yeah. But you, you got to keep him away from the goal. Guardado in the midfield, that guy's ancient. He yeah. is 200 years old by now. <laughs> so I'm not worried about Guardado. He slows down the game. Um, Hector Herrera, um, he's still effective. But you know what, what his game is. It's, he doesn't take over the game. He's just a very effective midfielder. Right. Edson Alvarez, support on defense, very good defender. But besides that, there's nothing else too special with the team, with Mexico. Um, it's a good team. Um, sure. I would even I would even say because they're more experienced, they're probably better than our team, not more talented, but they're probably better and more well coached. Yeah. yeah. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say we're gonna score first and we're gonna get a win. And then we score a goal and then we get maybe a second goal off a of counterattack because I think if we get a goal, Bearhalter will try to make us a little more defensive. And I yeah. agree with him if he does that. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I I got to tell you, I've, uh, when I saw that Chicharito was not included, um, th- my 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 optimism for the whole thing was raised because I I don't know what it is. I mean, I 
I, I'll, I'll admit to not knowing why Tata didn't, didn't bring him, but guy can score. You know, I think, I think he's the, he's the, the, he's the leading scorer in Mexican history. Um, and he's not there, which, which makes me exceedingly happy. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not going to lie. I, I follow the Mexican team, but I don't follow Mexican gossip or what's going on there. Right. With yeah. regards to call ups, I watch their games, but I don't know. I don't follow their media. Their media Same. lies a lot about players going elsewhere. Um, so I don't know the reason Chicharito wasn't called. I don't think he's that good anymore. Okay. I don't think he's that good anymore. But then again, when we look at the players, they, so if they had Raul Jimenez, I'm like, yeah, you don't freaking need Chicharito. Yeah, absolutely. Raul Jimenez, he's the best center forward in CONCACAF. But but then you look at it, they brought Alan Pulido, that's also an MLS. Yep. Um, and then they brought also Henry Martin, that's been very good at Club America. Uh, and they they had a okay season. They lost at the playoffs. They didn't win Liga MX. It was Cruz Azul. Mm-hmm. But but the thing is, yeah, um, between those players, it would have been okay to have a, an experienced guy like Chicharito that's been scoring. But let's be honest, I don't think he is the answer anymore. They 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 don't have depth right there, and they need Raúl Jiménez back. Yeah, I mean, it's, and, it's it's like you said, like what is what does America look like without Christian Pulisic? I think that that's what does Mexico look like without Raúl Jiménez? Yeah, that's um, it's him and and Chucky. Um, yeah. I think if they lose Lozano as well, Lozano might even be a better player than Raul. I don't know. They're, they're different, right? Raul Jimenez is very complete. Lozano is very decisive on those one-on-one situations. Those are two players that um, that I really like. And thankfully, Raul Jimenez will be back to playing. I know there are rivals, but I was I was praying for that guy to not end his career with that horrible accident. In the of Wolves. course. Of um, course. But and I, I wish he was even playing now against us because it would mean more, right? We're beating yeah. Mexico with their possibly their best player, if not their best player, definitely the best center forward in Concacaf. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think we'll be able to pull a win here. But it all comes down also to Bearhalter making the right adjustments. If we go with the same starting lineup and play the same way we played Honduras, I don't think we'll win if we play that same way. Even though Mexico didn't do that great against Costa Rica. We won't win if we play that way. It just won't happen. All right, agreed. A hundred percent agreed. Um, and maybe I mean I don't think it's gonna happen, but maybe Tyler Adams shows up in uh you know, like a like a storybook ending. He he gets to come on and plays, you know, thirty five minutes at the end, gets a goal or something. I don't know. Or Miazga comes in and scores. Uh, if if Miazga comes in and scores and immediately finds Diego Lainez and, and just reminds him how short he is, I'll, I'll <laughs> I, like I'm not I'm not allowed to get a tattoo but i will find someone to get a tattoo of that for me i'll 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 make i'll do my best to bring miazga to the channel i'll do something like that that would be great um all right so again just to uh to remind our listeners uh you can be found on twitter at manager tactical but more importantly on youtube um tactical manager tv uh you do watch alongs you do tactical analysis um, you're, you're actually starting a, I, I believe you're starting a video game channel. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little tricky, that part. So it's a gaming channel, yes. But essentially what I'm trying to do there is, I don't know if you ever heard of the game Football Manager. I, I have. I, I spend way too much time playing it. My wife is not a fan. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> so your wife will definitely not like this channel, but you might <laughs> like it. So what I thought to myself is, how can I do a different channel? Because tactics can be very boring sometimes to explain. Very, yeah. very boring. How can I do it in a fun way that people will learn 
and I will have fun and they will have fun. So I was, I was thinking to myself, like, look, football manager, actually, anyone that has played it, you actually need to understand at least the very basics of tactics and implement it in a team, know how to change, manage a team. Um, if you want to be very good in the game, if you want to go far. So I was like, maybe I can do a career mode with the U.S. men's national team, which people will be interested in. While I do it, I'll implement different tactics with the team. I'll explain how those work. I'll get it right. I'll get it wrong. I'll lose. I'll win. And then later on, I can continue the channel maybe doing with clubs. So it'll be a channel that will be entertaining. And people that don't know too much about soccer, they'll be understanding how to properly, how, how, how do you put a, a 442? How do you press? What four three three pressing says? How do you counter? How do you put your play? What roles do you put your players? That's what I'm gonna try to do with that channel. Try to um, explain people tactics in an entertaining way. We'll, we'll be playing the video game along with it. Uh, well, that I mean, I, I think that'll be great. So, uh, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, in the 2026 World Cup, America will win on this gaming channel. Uh, yes, in real I life, will win. It. I'll bring it home. Bring it home. Bring football. Not home, but to the colonies of home. Uh, <laughs> and um, and, and my, my only request on that front is that when you do take over a club, can you can you take over Tottenham, please? Because it's oh been so goodness. long since a trophy has been won. But so do you think long. I can do it? I don't think I can do it. That's much harder. It's much harder to win a trophy at Tottenham than it is to win the World Cup for America. Can it be the League Cup? Uh, apparently not. Apparently they can't even win that. No, but can I try to win that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll take it. Uh, I again, I think, I think the last time Tottenham won anything was '92, and it was a League Cup. I wasn't even born. Uh, I was one year old. Uh, so, anyways, uh, thank you so much for for joining us once again. Uh, find him on Twitter. Find him on YouTube. Um, puts out great content all the time. Great interviews and uh, does watch along. So once. I figure out how to do YouTube. I'll try to steal your viewers. But until then, uh, for all important games, including are, are you doing a watch along for, for Sunday? Oh, absolutely. And good luck with my viewers. They'll give you a hard time. They give everyone a hard time. They even give me a hard time. Good luck with I, them. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm not as robust, but I aspire to your L tree trolling. So hopefully, oh, yeah. hopefully I can get that, that level of, of engagement from, from our Mexican friends. Um, I love so my viewers, though. My viewers are they're, they're fantastic. Uh, they're always standing by me there with the O3 fans, the Jamaicans, all of them. <laughs> I, I think the, 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 the Jamaican diatribes are my favorite. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> those, are, those are great. Uh, I, I, uh, so anyways, thank you so much for, for, for being with us. Uh, and thank you for, for taking your time. And, and I guess uh, I also believe that we will win. So uh, we'll, see you, uh, we'll see you out there. And thanks again. Thank you. Hopefully we do win. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Take care. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing great today, Coach. Do you know why I'm doing great? Tell me. Because I get to make podcasts with my friends using the Anchor app. It, and, well, you know, I, I get why that makes you happy, but certainly you have to pay for the Anchor app. You know, you'd be surprised to find out completely free completely free but they say nothing is free well apparently podcasting with your friends can be through the anchor app wow well you know i'm I'm sure that it's like you gotta have some like super complicated studio or editing software right you know i can't say that confidently but since you're the one that edits all of our podcasts i'm fairly confident any moron can do it 
well, you know, any any moron can do it because, again, I do it. Now, that doesn't mean that you can edit well. You can't. I can't. I don't really know how to edit. But you can do it through the Anchor app. It supposedly makes it easy. You're just not that good at it. It's all right. And we, when we say you, we mean the royal you, listener. Not just you, Asa. Uh, or but, you, Greg. Right. Uh, and not just you, Greg, you, Greg, but you, Greg, Greg Burrell. Who, who I assume listens. Does, do, do we have confirmation that Greg Berhalter listens to the podcast? We have confirmation that a Greg listens to the podcast. Why do we need a second one? I mean, you certainly don't need an extra G. No, that's just Greg. that's incredibly wrong. Um, but, you know, people listen to our, our podcast and they, they listen to it all over the place. So does that happen by magic? It, it might. I don't know how we got to check Republic listener. <laughs> Well, I think it's because the Anchor app distributes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It does. It's very easy to find. I've been able to find it on at least two of those services. And, you know, isn't that what the whole point is? Spotify, Apple, Google. Our what more do you need than those three? Right. Our tech overlords have made it clear that that's what you need. So that's what you need. What, what do you want? Um, so here's here's probably the biggest question. Um, it is well established that you get pra- paid in breakfast tacos. Yes. Um, but if somebody wanted to be paid in perhaps fiat currency, such as dollars or pesos, could they do that through the Anchor app? I don't personally understand why they would choose to do that. But yes, the Anchor app is willing to pay you in fiat currency instead of breakfast tacos, if you are so inclined. We're... we're we're just saying that if you wanted to trade your podcasting voice for fiat currency that would then be used to buy breakfast tacos, you could do that. That's your choice. Your uh, ideas intrigue me, and I would like to sub- subscribe to your podcast. And I can do so using Google, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Just go to Touchlines and Touchdowns and click that little follow button, and you'll hear from us twice a week, every week. Every week. Um, so it sounds like this podcast, which is very professionally done, is all done in one place through the Anchor app. It sure is, which makes bridging our four different time zones a hell of a lot easier. Sure does. So do you want to do you want to do, do the call to action or do you want me to do the call to action? Be my guest. <laughs> this is a professional podcast. So. Dear for listeners and friends, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Uh, do not put anchor.fm slash TLS underscore N underscore TDS um, because we don't get anything from it. So just go straight to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app so you too can trade fiat currency for breakfast tacos. That's really the dream. Of- Thank you so much to our guest, Filippo, and to our sponsors, the Smith Workforce Management Group and the Anchor app. You can find us on Twitter at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. Um, feel free to reach out, send us uh, funny comments and, and all that other fun stuff about football and football. Um, we don't have an Instagram. We're working on it. We'll probably have one of those eventually. Um, but... Thank you so much. If you can uh, like, subscribe, leave five stars, 
reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, We will be back for a review of the Nations League, as well as a breakdown of college football as it stands in early June. So thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.